0: Welcome everyone to our Reformers Collective, the podcast. I am honored to have Miss Jamie Lynn Walnow, actually Mrs. Jamie Lynn Walnow, and she is the author of the book Holy Revolution. I'm really excited to have Jamie because not only has she um, written a book on holiness and the reformer and what it takes for a person to walk in um, the culture and to see godly solutions. She's also herself wanting to do that in the area in the sphere of media. She knows God's called her to the sphere of media, which is one of the big seven uh, mountains of influence, which we'll be talking over these next weeks and months and years. We'll be sharing about the um, spheres of influence of society and how we as followers of Christ can actually um, fulfill the purpose that God created us to do here in the earth with downloads from Holy Spirit to actually bring godly solutions to earthly problems. So welcome, Jamie. So good to have you. (gasps) Thanks for having (laughs) me. What's up? I know. I can't wait. This is going to be a great, great show. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, we met just a couple years ago at a actual Reformers Roundtable, and that was the first time I met you, and um, our friend Elizabeth Time was gathering Reformers, or who she thought were Reformers, and so can you tell me why, what it is about your life that someone would call you a Reformer? What does that mean to you, and what are you doing that would say, I am a Reformer?
1: I Love building with God. Ever since I was little, I'm like one of those people I love to build, and then I'm not necessarily a manager. <laughs> like so once it's built, I like to find the person who was created for something and hand it over. But I like to build with purpose with God. And so since I was a little girl, I just could easily see what needs needed to come into different organizations or whatever it may be, and I would do it. Or or when I was even younger, you know you you start complaining about things or whatever but then you find out oh, as a complainer well that's not even godly for me to be doing that so what can i what can i do like when you when you sit with holy spirit in the complaint department you know he calls you out when you listen mm. and you discover oh i'm a reformer you you created me to either pray in a solution for somebody on the earth to run with because that is just as powerful as running with it. Like if you see some problems, since I know I'm called to media and I see problems in education, I pray for moms and dads to stand up and go speak and be the solution or teachers to put their foot down and protect curriculum for our kids. And that's just as powerful to me as somebody who would go bring reformation. So for me, I've always been able to prophetically discern and see the gaps. That's good. Yeah, so that's how I would say I've just, since I was a little girl, and then of course Elizabeth brings us together and I I think so many of us are like what are we doing here and then you hear yourself speak and then you hear the people around you're like oh oh my goodness this is putting language to what I've done my whole life. Yeah that's exactly what happened to me and I'm quite a bit older than you you're just a
0: young child but um, (laughs) like for the first time I'm like I'm with people who see the same things, just like what you articulated that you see broken things and you have all of these downloads of solutions, you know, and, and yet uh, we know that even though God might call us to several different areas of society, he gives us a lane to walk in. Yeah. So can you tell me why media is your thing? Why that's your passion? What is it about media?
1: Okay. Oprah flipping Winfrey growing <laughs> up watching Oprah. What's up? If you're out there, Oprah, I love you. No, I would watch her and I just felt I was called to do the same. I was so drawn to how she interviewed people and she would, I felt like she was interviewing reformers, like some of the hidden gems, some of the famous people. I remember when she uh, interviewed, uh, president Obama, and I think he was like a new Senator. And I was like, God, he's going to be president one day. You know, it's like you can see the call on people's lives and she was bringing these people in or watching Ellen DeGeneres and really, and I know that's kind of entertainment industry, but now it's more media these days with how much has changed, you know, being able to just go on YouTube or whatever it may be. So I'm seeing these people, however, um, you know, as media, starts developing over time, I start noticing like news or whatever it may be, how much even if even with Christians, you know, they start on media somehow. And I began to not be able to listen to what they were doing. Like there's one major TV show host who I would watch this person and I and I loved how they highlighted people on the streets, people in the schools that were reformers who were doing amazing things in their community or moms who had brought reformation to their kids because they fought for something different. They didn't allow the status quo to be the status quo for their family. But then this person starts getting more tainted and I can't even watch because it's so, you know, there's so much sexual promiscuity in the show or whatever it may be. Then Christians start stepping into spheres of influence with media. And then I can't listen because it's so slanderous and toxic. And so I'm like, oh man, this is so hard. And then it's like, wait, I could be the difference. Hmm. I could be the one who goes out there. It's like guilt-free humor. You don't feel guilty when you're listening to the humor. You don't feel guilty. I'm not going to slander leadership. I'm not going to slander people who are wrong because I'm praying for them. And I'm believing that God can turn anyone's heart to him. But how can I, like the only way to see it happen for me is because I have the gift literally and the passion and the skill set for it. So why don't I go do it? So I have a podcast called Set Apart with Jamie Lynn Walnut, which is for Christians. And that's fun. And I love it. And that's like interviewing people about holiness and living set apart. It's not easy. It's not always easy. But how can we be here for one another and encourage one another? But then during COVID, I had COVID. It was hard. And the Lord gave me a dream. And he showed me the Next America show. And I called one of my mentors, Patricia, and she was like, I think you need to do it. And we both felt like she was supposed to be the first guest. And so without full vision, just dove into it. But I knew this needed to be a solution for guilt-free media. And so Mm -hmm. that's that's when I knew my call was to media. And I always want to run from it. I always want to be like, I want to go run in the cave and just do like the 40 day fast away from media, but for the rest of my life, yes. <laughs> extend the 40 day. Yeah. But that's how I know it's called because I often want to run from things that I'm called to. Exactly. Long answer, but I thought, <laughs> you know, from a little girl to now, that's how I, I never understood language for it, but that's how I feel. I knew I was called to media. Yeah. I think
0: that that's exactly right. in what you're saying. So Those of you who are listening here and you, what is a reformer? I've had so many people say, is that Martin Luther? Is that those groups of people who call themselves reformed and they don't believe in women preachers, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, no, a reformer from my definition, a reformer is someone who has godly solutions for earthly problems. And so you can't help, but look at the world. And for me, foster care or the prison mm-hmm. systems or, you know, poverty or joblessness, or, you know, there's thousands of problems and issues, but for you, what is it about media that really has, a hold on and can sway a nation for good or for evil?
1: Well, I think we've seen it so much. First of all, when I was little, we had friends, not phones. (laughs) So like we would make up games in the backyard and play. Cell phones weren't a thing yet. They were, but it was not for my demographic, the way I grew up. So I didn't have my first cell phone until I went to college. So I didn't have to battle what elementary kid students are battling on social media. They're going to be there. So how can we meet them where they are? And that's another thing is with with media, you know, there's so many more narrow paths in the sense of like, there's so many different lanes within media, like Gen Z, millennial, you know, baby boomers, whatever, whatever generation, because they don't all like the same thing. Right but with technology evolving it's like i want to meet people where they are but i'm going to have to like really tune in and we all need to tune into the wisdom from heaven that where god gives these divine solutions like wisdom comes and tells us things we do not yet know every day there's a word that wisdom has for us it says in proverbs that if we just knock on the door every day wisdom has a new word for you so good and so and so i would say i would say with media it would be like If you're out there, I don't think everybody's called to it, so don't just jump on it because your friend's on it because it could take you down, okay, with all the, when you step into media, it ain't ain't all cute with the spiritual battle that comes with it because it's Mm -hmm. different, but people are on their phones and I want them to scroll and I want them to see something life-giving that empowers them to be a reformer. So this
0: just talks about the generation gap because when I think of media, I think of evening news right that mm-hmm. we turn on at 5 or 6 p.m. after dinner every or during dinner you turn on the CBS, ABC, NBC news the news on television was our source of media or the newspaper And those were the two sources where everybody got, you know, their information from. And now, like, who reads a newspaper? Nobody, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, very few people watch the evening news anymore because you can go on any time of the day or night and go on, you know, a 100 channels to get news. CNN, Fox News, and all those other ones, you can go on at any time. But even those are becoming less and less watched. Yeah. And as... The people are becoming younger and younger, right? That's exactly what you're saying. Social media, you know, on the phone, like everybody's getting their opinions and their news either
1: on Twitter or Instagram, right? I And mean, they don't even know what's accurate. Right. They're just believing what they see because they haven't, it's not true of everybody, they haven't been trained to know how to find the true source. Like where did that source come from that right. sharing? But yeah. most
0: people, including myself, I don't go to find out if that quote was true or not. So yeah. you kind of get this download. So I, I hear where you're coming from. So you can change um, media perception by
1: changing your program was called? It's called The Next America. Okay. And how do you get that out? So, f- right now it's YouTube and it is, I'm going to add the podcast element to it. Okay. And it's on Instagram too. There's a page for it. And yeah, so it was launched during COVID elections and I pulled back because people. So basically interviews to try to find people. That's what people like. Like They like stories, right? Yes. Yes. I was on it. Yes. And we (laughs) haven't launched your episode yet. That's what's so funny. You're listening at home to this podcast and you're a reformer and you care about sex trafficking. You think it's evil. Maybe you don't know about it. Maybe you don't even know you care about it, but we're providing an interview for you to hear what's happening in your backyard In tangible ways for anybody listening, whether it's donating money, whether it's volunteering in your local city, whether it's going in and creating an organization that helps eradicate another part of sex trafficking, because there's so many people who have different lanes that, you know, I want to provide a place for people to hear and say, I can I can give you a solution right now from your couch eating your potato chips on what you can do to be part of the change, you know, I love it. that's so that's the purpose of it. And that's yeah. And yeah. you do that. You live that. And so that's what one of our favorite episodes was is yours. But we're meeting. meeting
0: people all the time who are doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not like this is a new idea reformers. It's like people have been doing this forever. Right. Let's go to your book. Okay. Because um, it's not just about wanting to bring change and doing stuff to make the world better. And fixing broken places and helping broken people, uh, there is a heart to the reformer. I just gave my very first message on a reformer yesterday at church, and we were talking about Joseph, um, and he was different than his brothers. He had a different heart. He had a different spirit. He had a different um, strength within him, like. You know, courage, like, I don't want to bow down like my brothers. I don't want to be like them. I don't want to blend in. I want to stand up. I want to shine. I want to make a difference. And so even before he entered into his whole journey to get to Egypt, he knew that there was a mark of God on him. And so let's talk about that. If you don't mind your book, Holy Revolution. What does holiness have to do with reforming society?
1: Well, that's a great question because it's the floor of reformation as a believer. Holiness, you know, can be, I think it's been so misconstrued, but let's be real. Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. He's holy. Holiness is who you were created to be. So when you seek, you know, what is it we hear about money? The more you look at the real thing, the people who recognize counterfeit, you recognize counterfeit because you're looking at the real thing so much that when the counterfeit comes along, it looks nothing like anything else you've been looking at, right? So They're good. studying the real thing. And I love that example because that's Jesus. We get to walk in relationship with Jesus. He's alive. He's not dead. He's not felt bored Jesus. He's not this cool out there idea when I pray, maybe he's catching a prayer. He's sitting at the right hand of the father right now praying. And if I listen, I can actually hear what he's praying, which are solutions to the things my heart longs to hear. So holiness is who we're created to be. And when we have the character and nature of holiness and we're walking in it and living it, we don't compromise. We don't compromise as a daughter. We don't compromise as a son. So when we hear him call us, we're looking at him so clearly that when the temptation to take embezzle money, when the temptation to do this because we'll get more views, but that's not, and sometimes that can be good, but you know, the heart posture of like fame or whatever it could be. Whenever temptation comes, if you're living in holiness, you don't want it. You know, Jesus was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted and holiness is being able to recognize like, Oh, I don't want that. That's not who I am. And you keep going his way. So good. That was
0: the part of Joseph that we didn't talk about yesterday, but when he was, um, tempted with his favor, you know, Um, In Potiphar's house, and his wife, Potiphar's wife, wanted to have sex with Joseph and wanted to allure him. And, you know, she saw him and she wanted him. And he literally just ran away from her. He said, No, I can't do this. You know, so there was something about his heart that was um, already just steadfast in the truth of God and purity and holiness. So um, you have down here that it's finding true satisfaction in a life set apart. How can you have a life set apart, but yet go into the world and be part of the world? Don't be of the world, but be part of the world. We're in the world, but don't be of the world.
1: I mean, that gets confusing sometimes, right? Totally, totally. The thing is, I love, my husband told me this, when you become a Christian, you choose to live by a different set of rules. And I love that. And the word of God is the handbook for living a life set apart. It is the handbook that protects you. It's the handbook that gives you life and freedom from any darkness. Deuteronomy 30 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I could say that about like everything I've read, but (laughs) it talks about every day we're presented with life and death you know, it leads to life or it leads to destruction. And living a life set apart in the world is like, if I were to become famous, I would be able to continue a guilt-free, beautiful wisdom of heaven anointed. You have an anointing because of the authority you carry. Our friend Elizabeth, you and I were talking today at lunch, you know, the more Warfare you go through, you gain authority. Holiness is leaning into Jesus when warfare comes because it produces character for you to be able to handle any temptation that comes your way. So I've been delivered from depression. I've been delivered from myself. I've been delivered from pride. I've been delivered from entitlement. I've been delivered from a lot of things that Jamie Lynn couldn't have flexed her way out of. And living a life set apart is I don't want pride, lust, all these things that the world gives me that don't go to heaven with me. Mm. I want I want heaven on earth. Like you said in your sermon on Sunday, Mm -hmm. I, what does it mean to be on earth as it is in heaven? And that is holiness. That's having the mind of Christ that's renewed in his word to be able to release it on earth. And if it's tainted, if you have a tainted vessel, sometimes we can think that God's saying something when really it's our flesh and get off the beaten path. But when we turn to him and repent, he speaks and and helps us get right back on the path again. So Good. So
0: good. And so we know that, In the Bible, we see um, Joseph. He had a heart for God. And, you know, we see David, even though, like you said, he messed up a couple times. He always got back, but his heart had been tested and it came out, right? Pure. And right. so as a reformer, we all want to go in and change broken things, but we don't understand the battle or the test because there is real warfare. There is a real devil and he likes broken things. Yeah. He likes darkness. And so when we try to be the salt and bring good things into a society or into a city or into a place or into a people, when we try to bring the light into the darkness, he's going to do everything he can to, to, trip us up to get us discouraged. And um, just yesterday, I introduced a young woman. She's going to be on here um, later, but her name is Farrell Fellows. And she has literally called, God called her to this zip code called South Dallas, which is only like a mile from downtown, two miles from downtown Dallas. And it's probably the most homeless, the most liquor stores, the most broken people in Dallas. And she moved there with her husband and two children. And she's looking out her kitchen window at all the, the, the liquor stores and the drugs and the broken men that are out there and the, the, the broken families that they represent. And, and God spoke to her and said, I want you to redeem this neighborhood. I want you to start buying up every piece of property that becomes available, you know. And so she had to learn real estate. She had to come in connection with the slum lords, you know, to get inside these houses and everything. But she's been tested. She's, you know, buying these houses and remodeling them and then they get broken into and they, you know, get trashed. And so she's having to go in and just pray You know, put scripture on the wall and just say, I'm not going to be distracted by this. I'm not going to let the hard thing keep me from doing the good thing. Come on. You know, and so we have to get to that place where we don't let the hard things keep us from doing the good things that we were created. To do so, talk to me about some of the people you th- you used in your book that were reformers that really inspired you.
1: Yeah, um, so William Wilberforce is he's a he was an Englishman in Parliament who hated slavery. He thought it was so wrong as we should. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was this white man that was like, this is not okay. And year after year, he stood up in Parliament to do everything he could to overturn slavery. In England. And so, um, you know, he got really sick too. And he almost gave up. There's an amazing movie called amazing grace out that, there about that, it that, that I changed highly recommend. My life. I Right. Me too. And you just see the heart you could have seen every time he could have given up yet. He didn't. And he was able to change by visually, creatively showing all of these white men and women who were raised to believe what they did, which it's hard to have compassion for people who were raised with evil thinking, mm-hmm. but if we can find a way to fight for them to see from God's heart, then it, then it works. So anyways, William Wilberforce eradicated slavery in England because he didn't give up even when he could have time after time. And then also about a hundred, I think men um, were saved in Parliament. Were, were born again Christians in Parliament by the time he died because of him. That's and incredible, then, right? What
0: a story, right? What oh, a reformer,
1: right? And then and and then uh, Rosa Parks. Let's be real. <laughs> what up, girl? I did my very first book report on Rosa Parks back in third grade. I did. That's awesome. <laughs> well, what's amazing is I, I mentioned the list of other men and women who came before Rosa Parks that we don't talk about who okay, did the good. same thing. Let's do that. But you know. When you when you think about it, how many you may not be the one that everybody knows, but you could be the one chipping away at the breakthrough, and somebody else may get the credit. But that somebody else can't come along and eradicate something if you aren't step three. So they I, may be step yeah, ten. Let me just
0: give you an example of that. Um, about fifteen years ago, I got a. Um, invitation to go into cedar hill high school to do a bible study with a group of coaches and i had been praying for the schools in my city it's it's a long backstory but i just been praying and running and praying and running and praying for the schools in cedar hill and so i knew that when this invitation came that it was a you know a question, it was an invitation from God, and my answer had to be yes. And so I started going in every week, every Monday, um, to these coaches to uh, do a Bible study, to pray with them. And literally 12 years later, right? someone else comes and tags team and I hand it over to them And um, but the the fruit from that is incredible now I have a friend named Tara Bollinger who she's going into all of these high schools uh, just this year alone she's going to get to go into Waxahachie and, and her team is going to be able to um, speak to over a thousand students every week just in one high school but she's going into so many different junior high and high schools and, and thousands of young people are going to learn about godly characteristics and godly traits and so that's one thing. And then like, I didn't see much fruit from my life, but I was faithful for those years. And by me just going in and praying and setting a foundation and raising up some coaches and being there and praying for them, you know, I just felt like God was able to use that. And that was That was step three, whatever you're talking about, you know, but then these other people are coming along after me and they're seeing so much more fruit and so much more breakthrough things that I prayed for, for years and years and years, and they're getting to do it, you know, but I'm saying, Hey, I, I had a part of that, you know, I mean, like I had a part of that and so, and then, then, but then that opportunity propelled me and gave me a platform to go into the WNBA yeah. and be a chaplain for that. And so you just never know what God's yeah. what's God's going to do. So Rosa Park got yeah. on a bus and sat
1: down in the front. And she knew the day that it happened that life was never going to be the same again. And she just made a decision in her heart. She goes, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that life will never be the same. And people may not always celebrate, modern day reformers, they may think that they're evil or twisted, but that's the religious spirit. That's the political spirit. That's why it's important to be holy because the Holy Spirit will call you to do the cray cray things. How many of us would be judging and criticizing somebody building an ark right now because God yeah. told them a flood was coming yet. They still built it and it started raining. I don't want to be the one complaining and judging. I want to get up there and help put someone, I want to at least be on the boat when the rain comes. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, so but good, why Jamie. would he not stop? doing crazy things like that. It looks rebellious to some people and there are rebellious spirits, but that's the beauty of holiness. He gives you discernment to recognize these things. So So good. So
0: in the last two minutes that we have left here, what would you say to someone who's trying, who's listening and saying, am I a reformer? I want to do something for God. I want to do something big for God. I want to help broken
1: places, fix broken places and help broken people. What would you say to them? Ask the Holy spirit, like, you know, a lot of us are taught to pray and talk, 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 but you, we all hear God, you know, his sheep hear his voice. And so go and listen, read the word and ask God to show you what your part is. And he will tell you and do it. It could be giving money. You could be circulating kingdom wealth by sowing into people. You could be an intercessor. Reformers can be intercessors. You could be praying and seeing results that God is giving you the blueprint to pray and cover all these amazing other reformers that you see, but you play a part and you may not always get the credit. It is a lonely road sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the most Mm -hmm. outgoing, happy people I know, but I've struggled with loneliness in the build and I may not get the credit for things I've built, but God sees me, all of heaven sees me and is rejoicing. And I want to encourage you guys to be that aware of God that God is celebrating your choices, even when you're hidden and you can pass it off to somebody else, or maybe somebody's going to pass something off to you, but celebrate the reformer in people. Let's not criticize one another. Let's ask God for his heart for people. And just go do it. It's not going to be easy. Come on, like there's what is easy about building and making a way for people to be free? Nothing.
0: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so,
1: it, but it but it produces character yeah, and so a reforming good. spirit to keep going in you. So
0: I I really do. Whatever makes you angry, whatever you're passionate about, that means that God's calling you there to that. I really believe that. Yeah. And so, when God opens up a door, just say yes. You know, it might be to come alongside somebody else who's building. Um, so the best way for me to serve. God is to serve other people yes. and people who are doing it and then from there comes an open door mm-hmm. and from there comes who knows what right yeah. divine appointments and and it's, it's a crazy thing how God does all of this, but I just want to encourage all of you who are listening today, you know, if you're listening to this, this probably means that you are a reformer. God's called you. He will download godly solutions to you. That's what spirit of wisdom and revelation is all about. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for, is that we are clothed with the power of God. He speaks to us. He talks to us. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. And so I just would like to introduce you to the Holy Spirit who would be the one who would walk you through this and show you the way and
1: point you to the people and and how to get started. So thanks, Jamie, for being with us today. You're amazing. I love you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. I'm excited to hear all your testimonies from people listening in too.
0: Thanks. Let's go change the world. Okay. Let's go. All right. Talk to y'all later. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.